Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to me. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music. I know that you know that I'll go where you go I choose you won't lose you I wish you knew how much I long to hold you in my arms this time is my time will soon be good by time then in the starlight hold me tight with one more little kiss say night and How much I long to hold you in my arms This time is my time will soon be good By time then in the starlight Hold me tight with one more little kiss Say nighty night King Cole here on The Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. What do you think of the U.S. economy? Kendall Moss said, Kendall Moss said that things are so bad in Texas, three guys were caught sneaking into Mexico.
was that a ninth? And it came to pass that one day the happy little radishes started to peep from beneath the finely sifted soil in my garden. Meanwhile, at the place my wife Marsha, the almost perfect woman, works, Marsha put her radishes in long before, and she boasted that she already had a beautiful crop. Now, when I plant radishes in the spring, I plant radishes a week apart, and that way, well, you know why I do it. If you plant your radishes a week apart and always plant some every week, you always have radishes. But one day, listen to this, one day I noticed that my crop of radishes was coming up far, far away from where I thought I planted them. Some of my seeds must have inadvertently fallen into propitious soil. Which reminds me that I, I heard that Robert Sapolsky, I heard Robert Sapolsky say one time that from 10 to 40% of the people in this country don't know who their own father is.
miss the little miss. I miss the little miss who misses me in sunny Tennessee. How long has it been since you heard? I miss the little miss who misses me in sunny Tennessee. I'm the humble farmer at gmail.com. I'd like love to hear from you. Have you ever heard of prosperity theology? Have you ever heard of the gospel of wealth? I just read in Wikipedia that prosperity theology is not to be confused with the gospel of wealth. Now, I don't know about you, but I think this is an awful good thing to know.
Ljubljana here on The Humble Farmer, where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite radio station. Thank you, thank you for listening. We read online that predictability means that no matter where a person goes, they will receive the same service and receive the same product every time when interacting with the McDonaldized organization. Hmm. Nit va, nit va. Doch, doch. Just got told him today that intercent. No matter what language you say it in, this is not true. There are countries on this planet where you could not eat a dollar McChicken burger. In southern Europe, they put spices in food that would burn a Finn's guts out. Your friends, ask your friends, ask your friends who have traveled. Your friends who have traveled and have therefore developed a cosmopolitan palate will tell you that this is so. This is why, back in the days when I traveled abroad, I would buy a roast chicken, a whole roast chicken. Gourmet cooks, you know this, gourmet cooks can mess up most any kind of sandwich super stew. But even the French have not been able to render an entire spit-roasted chicken unpalatable.
say never again. Again, how long has it been since you've heard that? Never say never, never again. You don't hear them on the radio like you used to. At least I don't. I don't know about you. Here is a quote for you. You know I copy these things off the internet. It says, Prosperity theology has drawn followers from the American middle class and poor and has been likened to the cargo cult phenomenon, traditional African religion, and black liberation theology. The cargo cult phenomenon? Have you ever heard of that one? Used to be, in the good old days, hundreds of years ago, only a few people could read a Bible or anything else, and those who could would tell their friends and neighbors how to think. What is one to do nowadays when one can't decide if one should throw one's lot in with the cargo cult folks or the Mormons or the Episcopalians or with those who subscribe to prosperity theology? Especially, well, it's confusing, isn't it, when each and every one of the folks in hundreds of different cults can back up everything they do or say with words they will point out to you in the Scripture? If I was selling snakes, listen to this. If I was selling snakes, and I knew a lot of folks in a local cult who killed a snake or two in each one of their services, I'd probably join that cult. Do you know of anyone who has joined a club or a cult or religion recently just for economic reasons?
Scott Hamilton, Ruby Braff here on the Humble Farmer. Thank you for listening. With any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time right here on your favorite station. I am the Humble Farmer at Midcoast. The Humble Farmer at G- gmail.com. I think that's what it is. Love to hear from you. There was a time when more than a few people were listening to my Friday night program on what used to be called Maine Public Radio. Remember that? The initial purpose of Maine Public Radio was to educate and inform the people of Maine, you know, give them a variety of ideas. And I don't know whatever happened to that because there was a time when a lot of people thought that educating and informing was good. If you ever heard my radio show, you know that I... I asked a lot of questions, because back then I could ask a question and several people would snap back an answer and I'd tell you what they had to say the next week. Well, some of those long, long time, 20, 30 year radio friends followed me onto Facebook. So now, when I type a question into Facebook, several of the smartest people in Maine snap back an answer for me. I'd lost the toolbar on top of my web pages, and I struggled with it for days. I went online, tried to find out how to fix it. Couldn't do it. But then I whined and sniveled on Facebook. Help, I cried. How do I retrieve my toolbar on the top of my web pages? And Facebook friend Zach snapped back at me, a lot of snapping here, snapped back at me with, do this and do that. And I did this and I did that. And thanks to Zach, I have my toolbar back. The point of this? People who tell you that Facebook is a toy for children and has no utilitarian function don't know how to use it. Or they should improve the quality of their friends.
got two bits. I looked at several... Oh, that was uh, Oscar Peterson, Benny Carter, if you care. I looked at several posted versions of a cartoon. It's my feeling that cartoons uh, are much more interesting without editorial comment. And the version I got of this cartoon came from David in Washington. If you were lucky, you saw David speak down in Tenants Harbor here a while ago. He wrote a book on mushrooms, knows about everything. And David has many curious and esoteric sources. I enjoy his cartoons and things he sends me. And like the canned laughter in new television shows, do we need to be told when something is funny, a cartoon is funny or sad or if it's pathetic? Can't you read or hear something and evaluate it for yourself without being told, hey, this guy is a blank, blank, XXX, or hey, this is the most funniest thing you're ever going to read. How do you feel about being told, hey, this is very funny, listen to this.
Now we are gathered by the river. Listen to your Deacon Jones. Paint no sin. Take off skin. Dance around in your bones. You must all go in that water. Let me hear your sinful groans. Take no sin. Take off skin. And dance around in your bones. Do what I say right away, wicked sinners. Cause this is your judgment day. Come, Mandy Lee, in the river with me. Wash your sins away. Throw away your gin and razors. Throw away your gambling bones. Oh, take no sin. Take off skin. Dance around your bones. Thank goodness I finally got a copy of that that has the ending. For years you heard me play the bone song without the bones on the end. It was a great loss. You might have heard you might have heard that when a woman crashed her car and was killed, some people stole the groceries out of her car before the police could get there. Isn't this interesting? If you can create a society where people have to steal to survive, you know you stand a good chance of putting a lot of people in jail. And you've read that just under one quarter of the world's prisoners are held in American prisons, and you've read that the United States has the highest documented incarceration rate in the world. This makes sense, doesn't it? As long as there's more money to be made in putting people in prison than in sending people to college, the United States is very likely to continue to have the highest documented incarceration rate in the world. As long as there's big money to be made by keeping people in prison, don't look for time off for good behavior. You've heard them say it over and over. <laughs> do the crime, do the time.
Chet Baker, who played very, very nicely, didn't they? Do, 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 do. Wonder what happened to him, anyway. I don't think he got rich running a main camp for wayward children. A man named Michael, I have no idea who Michael is, but a man named Michael sent me an email asking for money. He wasn't really bad straights there. Someone had stolen all his things and he couldn't leave his hotel. Do you believe this? He sent me an email saying he couldn't leave the hotel until I sent him some money to pay his hotel bill. Well, when I mentioned Michael and his financial plight on my Facebook page, my next-door neighbor, Raymond Montgomery, who knows more about my financial situation than most people, Raymond said, <laughs> Did someone actually consider you their last hope regarding the issue of borrowing money? How much rhubarb does it take to vacation in Manila? <laughs> and then Raymond said, why would anyone go to Manila if they already had a wife? Although Raymond is still a very young man, he is well on his way to someday becoming a respected local philosopher with considerable reputation.
wingy Manone. Ooh, it's time again to remind you that you're listening to The Humble Farmer right here on your favorite radio station. Where with any luck at all, you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week this time. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. Of course, I'd love to hear from you. Whenever you say anything about people or places or animals in a newspaper column or on the air, no matter what it is you say about people or places or animals, you will discover that there is always one person who is terribly offended by your crass insensitivity in even bringing up such a subject. In other words, there's nothing you can say about anything but what someone is not going to like it. Now, knowing this, I am still going to proceed with a very touchy and controversial subject. And if you are one, yes, if you are one who is easily offended, I suggest that you turn off your radio right now, or at least have the decency to bundle your children off to the other room. A woman with whom my wife, Marsha, and I recently dined has a nice dog. This very nice dog has been trained not to run into the road by some kind of shock collar that zaps him when he goes out of bounds. You and I, you know it, you and I have seen our doggy friends, our friends' doggy friends, run in the road after a kid on a bicycle or another dog, and bam, they get run over by an automobile. It happens so quick. And I don't know about you, but I think the shock collar to train doggy friends is a good thing. It's an alternative to getting run over, even as some of our more righteous neighbors will tell you that beating their children will lead them down the path of salvation. Now, be that as it may, one spring day, my neighbor noticed that her dog ran down by the road and therefore needed to be reminded of the electrical parameters of his yard, his little area that he's supposed to stay in that would keep him alive and well. She has a little box with a knob on it. By turning the knob, she explained to us, she can determine the distance Dougie Friend can go from the house before he gets a gentle reminder. So she hadn't used the thing for a while. She finally figured out how to put the collar on her dog. But he wouldn't leave the house. She couldn't get him to step out the door. When she'd get him out the door, on the doorstep there, he'd jump right back in. Well, when she reviewed the directions that came with the machine, she discovered She'd been turning the button the wrong way until she had decreased the dog's comfort parameters to the point where poor little doggy couldn't even step out of the house without getting electrocuted. Well, what do you know? She smiled at me in my dreams last night. My dreams are getting better all the time And what do you know she looked at me in a different light My dreams are getting better all the time To think that we were strangers a couple of nights ago And though it's a dream I never dreamed she'd ever say hello Oh, maybe tonight I'll hold her tight with the moon 
My dreams are getting better all the time. My dreams are getting better all the time. Let me hold them tight But the other night a dream showed on the scene There's gonna be a tough nut to crack Cause every time I reach for her She says, not tonight, old man I'll be back that song for a long time. I don't know why it was popular in 1945. You probably remember hearing it on the radio all the time. What do you know? She looked at me. I wake up in the morning sometimes singing these songs, so I have to dig them out so I can play them for you. I have pictures of my friend Tom Denon buying gas for our mopeds in Munkudal in 1963. I think it was in Munkudal where I met an unforgettable young blonde girl at a dance. Might have been on that same trip, 1963. And I think this girl lived in Uddevalla. Let me tell you, dances in Sweden were a great experience for a homely American boy. In 1950, in Maine, you go to the Blue Goose. If you go to Beaver Lodge, you ask the girl to dance. She'd look you up and down. She'd say, no. Because that's the way it was done in Maine. And you might stand around all evening asking girls to dance and they'd all say no. But in Sweden, in 1950, 1960, yeah, 1960, girls came to a dance to dance and no one got refused. If you asked her to dance three times in the course of the evening and you had to space them out over the course of the evening, you couldn't ask her to dance every dance. If you asked her to dance three times in the course of the evening, when they had the last dance of the evening, at midnight, whenever it was, they called it Dominus Dance. They announced it, hey, Dominus. That gave her, the girl you had danced with three times, the socially accepted privilege of asking you for the last dance, which meant that if you had more than a moped, you could probably give her a ride home. Good system. Nobody got emotionally bruised with this good system. I remember my third cousin, Jack Ambionson, who called me the other day. I remember Jack telling me years and years ago about being invited up for coffee by his wife-to-be after their first dance in Uddevalla. And, and when it got to be one or two in the morning, she kept asking herself, 
It's awful late. Why doesn't this guy go home? Thank you. 